to Random Gaming Talk, it's Entertainment Talks podcast for video games. I'm your host Matthew, joining me today, my co-host is Robert. How's it going? It's going well, how's it going for you? Going good, going good. It was a very good uh, day yesterday and everything, and today's pretty good as well. So, uh, what have you been playing in the last week or so? Uh, mostly still sticking with the Graveyard Keeper. I finally unlocked the, the DLC zombie mechanic. Uh, now, the zombie mechanic is not, you know, fighting off endless waves and hordes of zombies. It is actually using them to grind out all the materials you need, very Shaun of the Dead style, just basically turning it into worker drones. So, you know, you need uh, to mine metal for uh, various things, you need crops for various things. And now you can take the dead bodies, zombify them, and then just set them up to automate those tasks, which takes a lot off the plate, to be honest. So that was kind of cool. Um, I'm still slogging through the story. I kind of hit a, a dead zone point with the story, trying to figure out what to do. That's the one failing of the game is that sometimes it's not really clear who you have to talk to and what you have to do to advance various story plots. So a lot of Googling, a lot of game facts style stuff uh but other than that that's pretty much it i mean my work's been pretty busy so i haven't had a whole lot of time okay okay uh i've had quite an eventful week in terms of games uh i have some big news i got an xbox series x um there's two reasons as to why one of which is because my xbox one was dying and i didn't want to not have an xbox um which obviously was was the idea to to kind of replace it. Uh, what I'm sort of doing now is using my Xbox One for for TV because that's not very like strenuous for it, uh, and then using the new Series X for games. Obviously, it's very powerful and all that kind of stuff. So that's really good. Um, you were sending because I, I was messaging you and stuff. I, I didn't tell you I was getting one, but I, I messaged you about like, hey, what does it look like on on your shelf and that sort of stuff. And you've got yours the same as mine. You've got yours next to the Switch, which is what, where I have mine because you were sending me. I, I just wanted sort of like a size reference in that. Um, I couldn't stand it up; it wouldn't fit in my shelf. But I managed to to lay it on the side. Uh, next to the switch, so it, it it fits all pretty well and everything. Um, so it's a bit of a tight squeeze there, but it still fits pretty well. Um, I tried to give it, you know, like room for ventilation and that sort of stuff. Um, so that's really good. I got one of those. Um, and it was also to like, because I was sort of thinking like, okay, I don't have to get a Series X, right? I can get a One S or a One X or a Series S. I, I didn't want a Series S by the way, because obviously I have uh, disc based games. And things obviously that the series s doesn't have a disk drive um so that wouldn't have really been that that's more of like a game pass lighter sort of machine uh but that wasn't going to be an option for me um i did see online like an xbox one for quite cheap but um i don't know i kind of thought like hey if if xbox if microsoft in the next like couple of years or like next year we've got you know starfield and stuff like that i do want a machine that can run those games well so i might as well just kind of go just to like future proof myself for hopefully a, a long time um <clears throat> and just go for the the highest thing instead of instead of just replacing my xbox one with an xbox one um 
Also, something that I've kind of wanted for a while is like more save states and things. The quick resume is really, really good. You can completely shut your whole console off, and it then you boot. Obviously, you turn your console back on, and you just it just boots straight back into your games. It's really good. I'd, I'd like PS Five to be able to hopefully do that, but of course that's not an option right now. Um, so yeah, uh, in terms of games I've actually been playing, um, <laughs> some uh, I finished Stray. I'll talk about that in in a second, but um, I tried Crossfire X. I'd sort of forgotten that it had come out, and I was looking online at some stuff, and the general consensus was like this game is horrible. And I was like, okay, I'm gonna still try it. I have it on on game. I got like the one pound Game Pass thing, um, just so I could kind of dive into some digital games and that. Yeah, Crossfire X is really bad, like really really bad, o- almost as if like. Is this supposed to be an Xbox Series X game? Because it feels like a sort of Xbox 360 game. It's really quite, um, yeah, not very, it's it's very bad. And I'm like a big judger of like first person shooter games and stuff. Um, And the the odd thing as well was I I installed the game and I heard that it had a single player campaign. I was like, oh, I'm going to like check that out because I wasn't really interested in multiplayer stuff. I was browsing through the menus, the menus are a bit odd, and I found this little like menu on the side thing, and it said, install the single player campaign. And I thought, but I've just installed the the, the game, why didn't that install with it? But it, it didn't for some reason. Um, I never ended up playing it, I, I basically quit the game and then uninstalled it, because it I, I jumped into like, a quick multiplayer game, and I was like, nah, this is just really bad, Like it's just it, it doesn't control well or anything. And it it's like really, really, really quite stiff as well to, to play. Um, so anyway, that's Crossfire X, that's about as much as I need to say, but I, I played it for about 15 minutes, and I thought, there's there's nothing really here, plus I've got Modern Warfare 2 coming out in a few months, so wh- why do I need Crossfire X? But I thought I'd give it a try anyway, so, um, and then I, uh, downloaded, uh, Trek to Yomi, um, it's really good, you, you've played a bit of it, haven't you? Did you end up finishing it? Mm-hmm. Uh, did, did... I kind of fell off of that game for a bit. I'm not quite sure. I'm gonna have to go back to it at some point. I just it it got to the point to where it was just it it felt like I was just playing a story and didn't really have a whole lot of action to it. Yeah, yeah, I, I kind of agree with that in a way. So my impression of the game is uh, the story is quite interesting. Obviously, you've got this black and white old style film kind of thing. It's it's quite good. It's got its own like style to it, right? It's it's pretty good mm-hmm. for that. Um, and as I've always mentioned, like, I'm not really a visuals graphics person, but I, I see what you're doing here. I, I appreciate it. Um, you know, it's going for it's going for a certain style, and that's cool. I'm uh, not going to knock that at all. And, of course, there's other people out there that will appreciate that more than me. Um, and that's that's cool as well. Uh, the, the, the gameplay, the animations, the actual combat, I think is okay at best. Um... I was quite sur- I was quite surprised because I didn't I either didn't know or I forgot it's from Devolver Digital who are quite a sort of like slapstick um, type still they make like slapstick sort of games you're talking about like my friend Pedro and all these other kind of games and even their press conferences which I don't watch they're all kind of like silly fun and all that sort of stuff so you kind of know what you're getting and I I looked at like the the tone and the theme and all this game of uh, this game and I was like okay it feels like something a bit more serious and then it said devolver digital and i thought oh that's interesting like a, a developer that's known for a bit more sort of almost like deadpool type of stuff right mm. is trying to make this a bit more serious tone 
type of game. Like, like uh, my friend Pedro is kind of a Deadpool-ish sort of like jump around, shoot stuff kind of game. Um, but it, it, it the the enemies when you actually kill them and their bodies fall to the floor and stuff, very sort of like almost ragdoll effects, and that threw me off a little bit. Um, because I think I said at the time. Because uh, when, when we first saw it, I can't remember if it was at an Xbox event or a PlayStation 1. I think it's on both systems anyway. Um, I think I remember saying, like, this looks like Ghost of Tsushima meets, sort of, My Friend Pedro. Or, you know, I, I think I mentioned another game at the time. But it very much sort of felt a bit like that. Um, but, no, it it's, yeah. It, it's a bit of a weird mix of of those things because the story are clearly trying to go for something serious and serious i mean the story itself is really serious right like this town basically gets attacked and all this other kind of stuff um but then you have like these ragdoll effects i thought that i i'm gonna keep playing i am gen generally enjoying it and it's nice and simple and i i hear it's quite short so i do want to see uh the end of it i'm gonna play some more uh later once once we're done here um did you have any other thoughts what, what did you think of like the did you see like the ragdoll physics and stuff, or like, what did you think of the like the animations for the game? I never really saw the game, so I couldn't really comment on it. Hmm. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's good so far. Um, what was the other game that I went to try? Um, that was it for the series X at the moment. I do have other stuff downloaded. I did re-download my friend Pedro. I thought I'd give it a because I played it on the Switch and it didn't really sort of like click for me. But I might give that another shot uh, when I'm in the mood for that type of thing. I did download Sea of Thieves. Haven't tried that yet. Um, I downloaded Tunic, that um, game that you had played before as well. I haven't jumped into that yet though. Um, but no, it's it's really good. I'm just really appreciating the quick resume thing, like being able to jump between playing FIFA with my dad and then jumping over to uh, Trek to Yomi is is really good. So, um, any thoughts on anything I've mentioned there? I mean, I played Sea of Thieves when it first came out. I wasn't really impressed. It's just not really my style of game, so. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I think they've added stuff since Oh, they've the added a ton of stuff. So. This is like two years ago, so. Yeah, yeah. They added like a Captain Jack Sparrow thing or something, which fits pretty well. So, that's good. Uh, Stray, um, I did review Stray. My review is out there and done. Uh, great game. Really enjoyed it. Really enjoyed Stray. Um, in terms of me being like a cat person or whatever, which I suppose is an important question for a game like this, I am kind of indifferent to cats. I neither hate them or love them. I, I like cats. I think cats are alright. Um, I'm more of a dog person, if you want to sort of put it that way, I suppose. Uh, I guess I've just I kind of just been around more dogs than I have cats, but, you know, anyway. Um, where, where do you sit with the whole dogs and cats <laughs> kind of thing? What are you, are you more of a dog or cat I'm, person? I'm very much a pro pet person, dog or cat. Okay. Um, I've, I've owned cats, I've owned dogs, I've owned parakeets, I've owned rabbits, uh, I've owned hamsters, so I'm very much a pro pet person. Um, cats are just unique in their personality, so... Yeah, yeah. Uh, but no, the game gets a lot of things right. You've got very much the cat mannerisms and all that good stuff. Uh, I don't want to say too much here because I'll end up repeating what I said a few days ago, but no, I very much enjoyed it. Um, I think it's good that you can get it as part of PS Plus, which is cheaper than buying it for £25. Um, I don't actually know why you would buy it for £25, because if you subscribe to... Even if you have no interest in PS Plus, if you subscribe at the middle tier, that is 
definitively cheaper than buying the whole game, and it won't take you, well, it shouldn't take you a month to finish Stray. It, it, yeah, I've heard it's you, really short. Yeah, you shouldn't have it in your mind as like, oh, I need to be subscribed to Plus, and then I'll be on it for like months. Like, like it's just, yeah, I'm not, I'm not quite sure why you would, unless you want to own it and own it for months and like keep going back to it or something, then that's that's different. But I'm talking about like if you did what I did, which is pick up some side stuff but just play it for the story you don't really need to buy it you can kind of just like subscribe at the cheaper um cheaper than 25 pound thing um and just play it like that because then you'll you'll save yourself like 10 dollars or 10 quid so and you can spend that on something else uh anyway that's it for what we've been playing um so at the moment i'm going for a trek trek to yomi um, I did get from Boomerang, um, what's it called, Mario Strikers Football League or whatever it's called, the, the, Mar- I can't remember what the name of the game's called, it's the, like, Mario football game, uh, which is very kind of, like, arcadey and stuff, I don't think I'll like it, but I want to at least try it, like, I'm a football person and all that sort of stuff, and that's, that's one of the franchises from Mario that I've not really tried before, like, I've tried the normal Mario games, I've tried, like, Mario Kart games and stuff, so, that's one that I've not really, uh, tried before have you have you seen any of that at all the game's not really on people's radars at the moment i suppose I've, I've seen it like pop up in my recommendations when i go on amazon every now and then yeah. but it's not a game uh style that i play so i don't really have any interest in buying it yeah yeah it looks very much just like a fun arcadey sort of mario football game so mm-hmm. which see, I, don't, I don't have like urgency to get towards that i want to finish trek to yomi first and then i'll try some uh mario football i suppose Anyway, that's it for what we've been playing. Uh, let's now talk about uh, Manscaped. We're, of course, sponsored by Manscaped at the moment. They are a men's grooming service. You can go and buy various different men's grooming products for them. So if you want to treat yourself or somebody else, or both, you can, of course, do both of those things. Uh, we've got a good deal going on with Manscaped at the moment, and we have lots of good news towards that. Uh, first of all, you don't need to actually type anything in. You don't need to press M to go to Manscaped's website. You can click on the link in the show notes to go over to Manscaped's website and browse their different products. Uh, they've got different sort of like um, kits of things as well. So if you want specific items for specific things, uh, you can go and have a browser them. Of course, you can buy things individually. Um, of course, they've got descriptions of stuff and pictures of things so you can see what everything looks like as well. Uh, so different razors, different shavers, um, ear and nose hair trimmers and things like that, different boxes or pants, whatever you prefer to call them, uh, t-shirts and things, deodorants, lots of different, you know, men's healthcare stuff as well. Uh, so if you go over to their website, uh, again, you can donate, you just click on the link in the show notes, uh, it should be on the podcast uh platform player as well and on the website version just scroll down a little bit you'll see the manscaped ad thing posted there click on that go and have a browser their products when you choose some stuff uh, on there and if you get to your checkout and you think oh it's going to cost me a bit of money uh, if you type in in the little promo code box you type in etalk uk there's e-t-a-l-k uk and then you click click on apply you'll see a bit of money get taken off that will be 20 percent off that order uh with your order with manscaped so etalk uk e-t-a-l-k UK for 20% off and free shipping with Manscaped. Uh, very well-made products, good packaging, all that sort of stuff. All very just, you know, professional, no sort of second-hand stuff. So all good with that. Uh, but thank you to Manscaped. Uh, thanks to Manscaped for sponsoring Entertainment Talks podcast. And thank you very much for listening. Now let's get into some housekeeping and then we'll get into some news. See you for all that in a minute. 
Hi there, if you're looking to get started with a website of your own and a domain name, we've got good news for you. With our affiliate link with Kualu, you can click on that link which is in your show notes, which is for our affiliate link. You can go over to Kualu to get started with your website and domain name today. They've also got a very handy chat support system which is usually in the bottom right hand corner to send messages back and forth to Kualu if you'd like to ask them for help to get started with your domain name and website today so that's Kualu and you can use them to get started with your website and domain name today thank you very much to Kualu for this affiliate link Hi there, if you'd like to get rid of the ads in Entertainment Talks podcasts and listen to the ad-free versions of our episodes, we've got good news for you there as well. You can subscribe to Entertainment Talk at either the $5 level tier or $10 level tier. The $5 level tier will get you access to all of Entertainment Talks previous ad-free podcasts and the future ad-free podcast that we make in the month that you're subscribed for. If you also subscribe to us at the $10 level tier, that will get you that benefit that I've just mentioned, and it'll also grant you access to request a review for two episodes of a TV show and a general discussion on that show, or a film review of your choice. So if you if there's a TV show out there or a film that we've not covered perhaps and you'd like our opinion on it, we can watch two episodes of that TV show or film review. So it's one of either of those per month. Of course, if you continue subscribing each month, you can pick a TV show, then a film the next month and so on and so forth. This is a great way to support entertainment talk, get your ad-free podcasts and also get some reviews of your choice. Thank you very much for supporting us and thank you for listening. Back to the show. Alright, so recently on Entertainment Talk, of course, we had a big, big day yesterday. Marvel and DC, one of them one, one of them showed up with some stuff and one of them showed up with very little. And I uh, talked about both of them. I uh, did do a lot of comparisons. People don't really like when the two brands are compared, but they are competing with each other. So it is what it is. Uh, but I discussed basically Marvel and DC, their appearances at San Diego Comic-Con. I didn't really talk about like anything else uh, there. So big, compa- uh, big stuff with that. Big, big stuff announced from Marvel. And DC did some DC stuff, I suppose. So, um, what did you think of the some of the announcements yesterday? Uh, there was a ton of stuff that I'm like yeah. super interested in. Obviously, uh, longtime fans of our po- various podcasts know that I was a big fan of uh, Shazam. So, the mm, second yeah. one I'm very much looking forward to. Yeah. I'm curious with the Black Adam film, uh, more because of the cast in it. Aldous Hodge, uh, who I know from uh, the TV show Leverage, um, big fan of that show. Really curious to see his role as Hawkman. Um, obviously, you know, I'm curious with the Black uh, Panther Wakanda Forever. Uh, obviously, with Chadwick Boseman dying, a lot of what would interest me in that film is gone, unfortunately. Can't be helped by that. Um, just because he had that that quiet charisma that you almost never see in characters. Um, I'm definitely curious to see where they're going with that. Um, From the trailer that they released, it's very clear they're introducing Namor. Um, So that's going to be an interesting kind of a thing with that. So, Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, lots of good stuff. Of course, you can go on YouTube, find all the trailers and all that information. I'm sure you can find that out there. Uh, in terms of Stray, I did my Don't Skip review. Didn't quite make my must-play, but I enjoyed it. I recommend it. Don't Skip still means I recommend you play this video game. Uh, so don't be uh, don't be put off by Don't Skip rating. That still means the game is good, great, 
uh, and it still means I recommend that you don't skip Stray, which means that I recommend it. Uh, that is a spoiler-free, spoiler-split podcast, the first half being spoiler-free, so if you're worried about spoilers, um, you can still listen to the first half of that. Uh, Better Call Saul still continuing on AMC. We've only got four episodes left of the entire series, and it's really getting into some big stuff. Uh, season 6, Episode 9 was the newest one, and I think David should be back with me on the podcast next week. He's, of course, been away on holiday for a bit, uh, but he should be back for next week's Westworld and Better Call Saul podcast. I don't know if he definitely will, but we shall, we shall see. Uh, but you'll probably find out next week. So uh, there's all that. Uh, speaking of Westworld, that's up to now Season 4, Episode 4, which I believe is the halfway point. There's either 8 or 10 episodes. I believe it's 8 episodes for the season. So we're halfway through. Very good so far. That's for Westworld Season 4, Episode 4. Game we talked last week, we talked about Metal Gear Solid. Um, that was interesting, by the way, because um, I was having a little browser like the Xbox Store, obviously seeing what I could get, and I typed in Metal Gear, and I was like, wait a minute, where's the HD collection? And I kind of, even though I talked about it on my own podcast... Um, I'd sort of forgotten that they'd been taken off. It, it's very weird going on there and just seeing um, it's. I think it's Metal Gear Rising, Revengeance, um, Revengeance. Uh, yeah, that one, um, Survival, whatever the stupid other one is called, and then like the the two versions of uh, Metal Gear Solid Five. But anyway, we talked about Metal Gear Solid PS Plus and some Call of Duty information uh, over on the analyzing television podcast they did another one of those talking about netflix netflix has an ip problem they don't have enough big flexible ip uh outside of stranger things talked about you know what does netflix look like in the next uh two years until the next season of stranger things and what do they look like after stranger things and also comparing them to the other streaming services and you know uh, Paramount's got things like uh, Star Trek, Disney's got things like Star Wars, lots and lots of big flexible IP. So just kind of going through comparing and contrasting all of that and trying to talk about, you know, what does Netflix do at the moment? Uh, over on the Disney Plus side of things, the Marvel specific side, I talked about Miss Marvel Season 1, must-see rating. I gave that. I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed the first season of Miss Marvel. Again, spoiler-free for the first half of that um and also recently reviewed uh thor love and thunder i gave that a must-see rating and i very very much enjoyed that as well and that's pretty much what we've been doing on entertainmenttalk.org and on podcast platforms uh i'm going to be doing united cast preview probably tomorrow in, in the next couple of days i need to like write down some notes and stuff but um that'll be that'll be coming this week basically so uh if you're a fan of the united cast stuff that i talk about um, that will be coming this week, so look out for that as well. But that's everything, entertainmenttalk.org, podcast platforms. Uh, let's get into some news. FIFA 23 is a thing, to the surprise of absolutely nobody. Um, but we have some details to go over. Uh, we got some new gameplay stuff, some new game modes, some removals of some teams, and our new cover stars. So I do have the Russian stuff written down first. Um, I'll cover that. For, I, I got the cover star names written down, but I'll do the Russia thing first. Um, Russia and Russian teams... Um, I don't know the name of their actual... I don't really pay that much attention to Russian football. Neither do, like, that many other people. But, anyway. Um, they will be removed from FIFA 23. 
um, like they were removed from uh, FIFA 22, obviously after the game came out, given all the Russian attacks on Ukraine and everything. Um, I want some uh, I want some help from the audience, or if anybody's living in Russia or or Ukraine or whatever the situation. I don't under I don't understand right. You mentioned this. I remember you were on one of my um, FIFA. I think it was FIFA twenty two career mode streams, and I was there was somebody else in the chat, and you and him were both talking to me, and I was like replying to the two of you. And um, I think I was doing. I think that was when I was setting up a reboot of my career mode, and I was browsing different teams and things like that. And I was I was mentioning like, oh, let's see if Russia, because I hadn't checked yet. I was like, oh, let's see if like if they have updated this and Russia and the Russian international team was removed, and they were. And you said something to me that I agreed with, which is like, oh yeah, that's really going to stop like Putin from uh, doing what he's doing, right? And I agreed is to like because the thing is with that, right? Because there's a lot of companies at the moment that are trying to affect, from what I understand, the economy of Russia. Because, like, you've had, I think, services like PlayStation and Netflix and stuff have kind of stopped mm-hmm. over there. Or, or I, I, Of course, I don't live over there, so I don't know fully what's going on. I've just seen some stories about, like, certain entertainment services that we used to have stopped, like, um, doing stuff over there. So it affects their financials or whatever. If FIFA 23 is available to buy in Russia, which means that economy-wise you support that, and obviously the, the, the innocent people who do live... Because it's not the whole country that's bad. Obviously, there's innocent civilians that live over at Russia who, like us, like to play video games and all that type of stuff, right? And like to watch TV and live their lives. If this game is available to for people to buy in Russia, and they go there and they spend, whether it's physical, digital purchase, whatever, or some sort of game pass thing or whatever, right? If this game is available for those people to buy in Russia, what is the point of removing the teams from the game? I actually, I don't. I was, because I, I saw that that news popped up and it didn't really surprise me because obviously that's still going on and FIFA 23 is out very soon. I don't understand what, because that sort of, that doesn't, that more sort of harms the people in Russia who want to enjoy, you know, playing as their favorite Russian players or Russian teams or doing national tournaments or, you know, whatever the occasion may be. Um, or having their country represented on a sports game, right? Mm-hmm. So I I just I don't know if you understand, but I I don't understand what the benefit of that because to me that just hurts the people that in Russia are trying to buy and enjoy your game, and like if you make the game available to buy but you take the Russian teams off, that doesn't that doesn't like harm like Vladimir Putin. I, I don't under do you understand? I mean, that, I could if it fell under the category of they don't have the ability to get the likeness image and rights to that team and those character and those people that would kind of make sense because that's got to be in some like weird uh quandary of can mm-hmm. we get these names are we allowed to get these names what's going on with these names um so uh, strictly on that level it kind of makes sense because okay. maybe they just don't have the ability to secure those rights and without those rights obviously they can't do that with those names and players um, I'm in total agreement that it's not going to affect anything, but you never know. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't even mean this in a sarcastic way. And obviously, it's a, the situation in Ukraine is a sensitive subject. Innocent people are dying. 
that Vladimir Putin's not going to turn around and like, oh, FIFA 22, FIFA 23, I can't play as Russia. All right, I'll stop everything. Like, I, like it doesn't. I understand what you've just said about the license thing and that. Um, the only, the only slight, not this. I'm not disagreeing with you, but the only slight, and as obviously somebody who plays the game and all that. The only difference there is Pez had to deal with that for ages because they were calling teams like Manchester Red, Manchester uh, Blue or uh, London Blue and London Red for like all these different Premier League teams. Um, And they still had like Marcus Rashford and Anthony Martial and all these Man United players names and stuff like David Gea and whatever. And they still called it like Old Trafford, the stadiums and everything. They couldn't have their kit thing. So they had like a, it was that you still knew it was May United, you know, like red red shirt, white shorts, black socks, right? And it still had like Rashford's face and you know Maguire's face or whatever, Ronaldo's face in the game. Um, and of course, we can't see the contracts or how these licenses work because we don't obviously work on these games. We just here to talk about them. But um, a, a good, a better example for FIFA specifically, obviously, it's a different game to to Pez. Is uh, the Juventus license? Um, obviously, they're they're an Italian team, so it's nothing to do with the Russia thing. Um, plus, this this happened before the Russia invasion even started. Uh, they're called something like P- Piemont Salco, which I don't know if that means something in in Italian. If that means Juventus in Italian, I I don't know. Um, plus, that's two words and not one, so I, I'm not sure if there's like some sort of translation thing going on there. And they've got like because Juventus play in I think it's black and white or something. Um, and they've got like a fake black kit and a fake like yellow kit, but they do still have like Paolo Dybala and um, who actually plays for Juventus now? Most of those players have left. Uh, Paul Pogba's gone back there recently. Um, so like when FIFA 23 comes out, they still don't have the license for Juventus. You'll still see like Paul Pogba's face, his kit number, his name, um, whatever Juventus' stadium is called. But it'll probably still be called Pierre Montsalco or whatever whatever that the name is. Um, so that's my only slight argument against that, which is like you could still include some of these in like crafty ways. Um, so I don't know. It's just it, it is what it is, I suppose. But um, yeah, we'll, we'll have to see. Let's see how long this kind of lasts for and stuff. Um, like with d- different example, right? Like Mason Greenwood, who sort of is still a Man United player, he did something very bad to somebody. I'm not going to get into all the details here, right? Um, he did something bad to somebody in his life, and he's not playing for the actual team at the moment because he's like on bail and all, whatever's going on. I don't know what's going on with the investigation now. It's been going on for like eight months, and they removed him from the game. Um, of course, you can go into like create a player and you can make your own version of Mason Greenwood or whatever. Um, but he got removed from the game. But that makes sense because technically he's under like you know criminal investigation or whatever. So. Um, and plus you can, you can still have May United on the game and Old Trafford and all the kit stuff. You just simply take one player out. Um, so I don't know. It's it's different stuff going on, but it's, it's interesting to see. Um, so that's, uh, unfortunately if you are Russian or you like Russian teams, um, they, they won't be on FIFA 23. So, uh, it is, that is what it is with that. Uh, let's talk about some uh, some better stuff with with FIFA. There's some good news here as well. Um, we have our two cover stars. Of course, every year when FIFA comes out and these other games come out, they have you know the big stars on the cover so that you can look at them on the cover or whatever situation, and they get paid obviously money for that and all that good stuff. 
Uh, so Kylian Mbappe is returning, I think, for the third year in a row. I think he was on FIFA 21, 22, and now 23. I can't remember FIFA 20, but he was on 21, 22, and 23. Uh, still playing for Paris Saint-Germain, which is a French team. Uh, I'll just read a bit about information about him in case some of you are curious. Uh, so French footballer Kylian Mbappe. It says, uh, Kylian Mbappe is a French um, professional footballer who plays as a forward, sort of like left winger, can play as a striker, uh, for uh, Ligue 1 club Paris Saint-Germain, or PSG, and the French national team, um, who won the World Cup, um, the most recent one, so that's good. Uh, he is considered one of the best players in the world, and is reportedly the highest paid. He's he's, he's paid the, a, a lot of money, like a lot of money. Um, he is renowned for his dribbling abilities, exceptional speed, and finishing. I would certainly agree with all that. It's got like his weight and his height that I copied. I don't need to read that stuff out. Um, yeah, so Kylian Mbappe is back. Um, that's not quite the... That was sort of almost expected. Um, FIFA is deciding to put a woman on the cover for, the, I believe, the first ever time. I don't think Pez has done that either. Uh, of course, in the last... Couple of, couple of years, I think it was either FIFA 19 or FIFA 20, they added uh, the women's national teams, and you can do like kickoff mode, it's a little bit limited what you can do with them, but you can do like kickoff modes, um, little tournaments and things like that, you can't use them in uh, career mode unfortunately, but um, it, it, it was a good sort of step forward, uh, but Sam Kerr, I believe her name is, um, she's an Australian football player, um, Samantha May Kerr, um, is an Australian professional footballer who plays as a forward for Chelsea in the FA Women's Super League and the Australian Women's National says Soccer Team, obviously football, whatever. Uh, which she she has captain, so she's the club. Um, she's the Australian Women's captain um, since 2019, which is really good. Um, Mbappe is not the captain of France or PSG. I don't. I actually don't know who is because I don't really pay attention to all that. But. Um, yeah, uh, so she, she's kind of a forward, similar to, to Mbappe. Um, I don't know much about her, specifically. I've, I've not seen her play football before. Um, but, yeah, it's really, really good. They decide to, you know, put a woman in the team. There's been this kind of, like, ad campaign, which is called, like, Her Game 2 as well, that I've seen. Obviously, there's the women's, I think, Euros going on at the moment. Um, I know that the um, England's... Uh, women's team got to the sem. I think it's the semi-final of the of the Euros, which is really really good. Quite a dramatic sort of last goal that they scored to get into the semi-final. Obviously, she plays for the Australian team, uh, so that's good. Um, I've heard that she's like very very talented. She's a really really good footballer. Um, obviously, if you want to play for you know probably a team like Chelsea, you do need to be very very good. Um, so yeah, really good stuff. Uh, Robert, any thoughts on any of this at all? I just don't know that sport on any level enough to really know anything about that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I would think of because uh, in, in the last couple of years, Mbappe's been on his own on the cover. They did in previous years. They've mixed up between like having one or two, sometimes three players. I mean, the more the better. It just looks better. But obviously, I suppose if you've got three covers on the uh, players on the cover you've got to pay more people because you've got to pay mm -hmm. the other stars so it costs more money um and they probably obviously get a cut when whenever there's a sale or i don't know something like that probably um but yeah it's really really good uh so congratulations to sam for being the first woman on a i think on any i don't know about like all of sports so if you've got like you know other sports games and stuff but certainly in terms of football in terms of like pez or fifa she's the first one so congratulations to her and um, I hope 
she does very well with all of that, which is really, really good. Uh, let's move on to some of the actual features and whatnot for this game. Hypermotion 2 Tech, women's football, women's club football integration, uh, revamped chemistry, chemistry system, FIFA Ultimate Team moments, FIFA uh, World Cup and more revealed. So last year for FIFA 22 was when they introduced hypermotion technology and I remember saying at the time because they had this advert when when hypermotion was implemented and the thing the way that they advertised it was like oh look we got Trent Alexander Arnold from Liverpool he's in a mocap suit and he's playing football so it's sort of like trying to capture his animations or whatever it was and I kind of said, like, okay, that's cool from an animation standpoint, but how does that kind of affect the gameplay? You can sort of see part of how it... Because now that I've played that version of FIFA for a bit of time, you can sort of see a bit how it, like, affects certain animations and, like, how that affects the way you kick the ball, kind of. It's not as effective as it could have been. Obviously, that was their first attempt at hyper-motion technology and doing, like, motion capture stuff. So if they're going to make, like, a 2.0 version of it, um, I didn't see any specifics as to what that means. Um, there might be some more stuff in here in a minute. Um, but it, it worked at least. Like It wasn't as effective as it could have been. But it was a, it was a step forward. It was something different. right? Like them doing the mocap stuff. And trying out different animations and whatnot. So we'll see what they can do with Hypermotion 2. Um, I think. kind of the, the way you can kind of improve that I guess. Is to get more players in mocap suits and get even more animation and stuff um but the the thing it kind of needs to try to affect a bit more is like how does that make me pass the ball and cross the ball and what about like movement with with and without the ball and slide tackling and all you know there's lots of like different physical elements that go into it so we'll see how that can all work out um (coughs) another thing (coughs) that was uh mentioned here uh women's club football integration um i don't know if that means that they've got like the women's chelsea man united club teams and stuff they didn't specifically specify about that but that sounds interesting at least uh revamped chemistry system and uh fifa ultimate team i don't play ultimate team so i'm not too fussed about that uh fifa world cup and more revealed uh let's just get into some of the other notes here that we've got as well uh, it says, after 30 years of EEA's landmark football um, series, its latest entry, FIFA 23, is scheduled to hit uh, the scene later this year, probably September, October, something like that. Um, EA, EA is making um, is marking its last game to carry the FIFA branding with the promise of being the most connected, uh, inclusive, ambitious, and all-around biggest entry yet. Coming to PlayStation 4 and 5 with cross-play 1v1 modes uh, between versions, FIFA 23... Brings innovations um, that never seen in video game football. Da, 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 da. Uh, whether you're on the pitch or, or behind the scenes making various decisions in career mode. Um, this FIFA is stepping up. We're showcasing EA's uh, growth with the series. Featuring upgraded physics, graphics and for the first time women's football integration. Including a playable women's FIFA World Cup. That's really good. Uh, these additions are proof of why EA is calling... FIFA 23, the world's game. Obviously, it's being more inclusive with uh, women's football and stuff, which is good. Um, My only kind of curious point with that is... So, you've got the women's Euros happening right now, 
right? And the game's going to come out in, in the next couple of months. I'm guessing the Euros will be finished. If they're at the semi-final stage now, they'll probably, they'll probably be finished by the time this game comes out. Um, so obviously the Women's World Cup is probably next because they rotate World Cup with, with the Euros. At least that's how they do it, the men's football. Because um, every four years you have a Euros and every four years you have a World Cup, but it overlaps so that it's one of the two of them every two years. That's that's how that kind of works. Uh, and then you have like other international friendlies and nonsense like that. It's curious to me that they chose to... And again, it could be a licensed thing or whatever, who knows. That they included... I mean, the World Cup is a bigger thing to win and play in than the Euros. Because uh, it's the World Cup. Um, but it's curious that they chose to put the World Cup in and not the Euros. Again, maybe they didn't get a deal for it or something. But the Euros is the one that's happening now that's kicking off the kind of like bigger campaign and now you've got a woman on the cover and you've got the her game two uh, <clears throat> campaign kind of going on and stuff so the, the euros is kind of like the thing that's brought a bit more attention to things and has like kicked things on a bit more and i mean like over here like on itv and stuff they're showing more women's football and stuff so it, it's getting a bit more the deten- attention and you know eyes on it that it needs and deserves because in terms of like the years i've been watching football and like Sky Sports coverage, BT coverage and stuff, there's not really any discussion about like women's football. Like if you look at transfer news or team stuff or uh, results, women's football doesn't really get covered a lot. And I think this is a step in the right direction for that. Uh, and 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 the, the focus has been a bit more on the international side of things because that's just what is happening right now. Um, but it's good. It's good anyway. It, it's a good step in in the right direction. The thing that I'd like to see them do, and this is more of a commentary, is a bit of a nitpick thing you could say possibly, because they're making some good moves here. You've got a, a woman on the on the cover. Women's football's been getting a bit more attention. You're including the Women's World Cup. It's, you know, steps in the right direction. So you included Alex Scott last year, who's a football like pundit, commentator, whatever you want to sort of call that job. Uh, she's been on like you know Sky Sports and ITV and you know all, all different sort of places. And she's covered men's football and women's football. I've seen her, you know, she's becoming a bit more of a regular person. I think you should try to, because with the commentary, it's, I think it's Stuart Robson and, I can't remember the two guys' name. I'll probably see their names all the time, but I I can't remember the names right now. uh, Because Lee Dixon's not on the commentary team anymore. First of all, you've only got these one selection of two men that are doing the commentary there's no even like other option that's either two men or like a guy and a you know, man and a woman or or two women so i think just just on a basic sort of like commentary option i think you should try to include some more of that and you can include people like you know laura woodsy's a big name um she does like coverage and stuff on like um talk sport uh you could include her with Alex Scott I'm sure the two of them would, would like to do that again maybe contracts you know money could be could be a, a small barrier to that but we shall see um I mean you managed to get Alex Scott on the game last year but she was the sort of like hey we'll go over to this score line just like on the side kind of like the, the score announcer she wasn't the game she wasn't in the game commentary she was the one that like say you're playing Man United against Chelsea and that's the main game that's happening she would update you on like what's happening at Burnley and Man City, like a quick sort of like, hey, it's two 0 to City and Gundogan has scored, and it would be like a ten second thing. It, again, it was a step in the good direction because it was it was being more inclusive than that. But um, 
just don't, even if it is two men, I'm not saying it has to be women, but even if it is two men, just give us some different commentary options, because there was a FIFA game from, it might have been FIFA 15, 16, something like that, there was what, there was only one year where I've played FIFA, where they did have two commentary options, and I think you could set it to random as well, so you didn't know who was going to come up, and it was, you, you hear different lines and stuff, and it was just a bit more refreshing, because it does get a little bit tiresome to hear them say the same things over and over again so anyway let's move on with the notes here um one of the main focuses of fifa 23 is to mold it to the most authentic authentic entry in the series ever to do this ea has advanced its hyper motion to uh, motion capture system to make players seem more lifelike than before that's the idea uh, the captured data with the system brings over 6,000 realistic animations from real match captures to the game players now run kick and block with such true to life uh movements that it may even make you forget you're playing yeah a football video game <laughs> whatever uh, this is from the playstation blog by the way i should have said where i got this from uh, ea um so again with that more animations great there's lots of you know it's a sports game is a contact sport lots of lots of physical things are happening right not just with the ball but you know you've got 22 people running around on the pitch sliding and kicking and jumping and you know doing all this different stuff there's lots of opportunity for different animations, so if Hypermotion is going to continue to push that more and give us more animation, that's great. Um, it just depends on like how does that actually affect how I, when I've got the ball as a player, how I pass and shoot and cross and tackle and all that kind of stuff, so we shall see. But again, if they're advancing it, if they're doing something more with it, great, we'll see how that works out. Uh, EA presented um, several features made uh, possible thanks to its innovative technology. FIFA 23 features augmented reality broadcast replays, making uh, plays more immersive. The environments have also uh, rece received upgrades, including hyper realistic pitch surfaces and an enhanced stadium atmosphere to com um, complete with the most audience chants and anim animations in the series. That is something they've gotten better with over time. Um... Because like if you score if you score as Ronaldo, um, he doesn't actually have to be playing for Man United either. You'll hear the Viva Ronaldo song. That's kind of a cool thing. Um, you can do like Ronaldo's specific celebration and stuff. So you you get little touches like that, like certain songs being sung and all that sort of thing. And these these those aren't gameplay specific things, but they are like you know football is a very atmospheric, immersive kind of sport. So I think putting it towards that will will help. Uh, again, I'm not saying any of this is going to be any good in this game, because I don't know. I'm just mentioning what's written here and how it could affect things. Uh, so all I can kind of do with this. Um, yeah, read all that. Uh, then it says about how many teams and leagues and stuff. I don't need to read that out. Um, even more player control. Another goal is to ensure that FIFA 23's gameplay allows for even more player input. The new mechanics strive to give total control over how you pass, shoot, score, and move, etc., um, among these additions are a new skill-based risk-reward shooting mechanic, more intuitive free kicks and penalties and corner shots, uh, thanks to a more realistic physics engine. Again, that could be part of the Hypermotion 2 thing. Uh, these additions include yet another layer of depth to the game and give greater control of the action. Um, when they put the trailer out for this game, which might seem odd that you get a trailer for a sports game, but you've got to show it off in some way, there was a very, very small two-second clip of a new free kick system. I didn't get a chance to see it. Or look at it properly. Um, but it does. It used to have this sort of like. 
circle that you aim and you can kick the ball in certain ways so that's a bit different not quite sure how that's all going to work but that's something different I suppose that they're trying there um, a world of game modes uh, so where you can enjoy all these advancements of the FIFA formula uh, FIFA 23 has player um, plenty of modes where you can put all the visual and mechanic upgrades to the test one of those modes is uh, FUT moments which is FIFA Ultimate Team FUT, uh, where you can create your own squad full of uh, new icons. These are, of course, like legends of players that have retired and things like that. Uh, FIFA Ultimate Team Heroes, not quite sure what that is. And anyone else you can think um, uh, of a revamped uh, chemistry system. Uh, again, this is all Ultimate Team stuff that I don't really care about. Uh, this refreshed take on a classic mode introduces even more freedom and creativity in the already uh, freeform title. I don't have anything really to say about that, so we're going to move on from there. Uh, you can also take, uh, you can also make your place in history by competing in the women's um, FIFA World Cup right from the comfort of your own home. The men's FIFA World Cup uh, Qatar 2022. Um, is there supposed to be a World Cup? Oh yeah, there's supposed to be. World, yeah, forgot about World Cup this year. Um, but yeah, Qatar 2022 and FIFA Women's World Cup Austria and New Zealand 2023. Um, Says so the Women's World Cup next year. That that makes sense. Uh, and are all part of uh, all here for you to experience as they happen. So that's that's quite cool that you've got that. Because um, you can, in like career mode and stuff, if you accept an international job, you can go and take like England to the World Cup and the Euros and things. And it's it's pretty good. It's pretty good. So um, not that that's a particularly difficult thing to get right. But um, if they're doing the club integration stuff with the women's football, it makes sense that you include the World Cup and the Euros, considering that the international teams are already there uh, the newly added uh, training center is perfect for players uh, new to the fifa series uh, it includes challenges and chapters of plenty um, each tailor made to teach uh, less experienced players the fundamentals of gameplay so improve stuff for that um career mode just seeing what i actually need to read here um yeah same kind of stuff from before volta modes is included that's like a fifa street thing I uh, wasn't really into that Volta mode. I used to play FIFA Street when it was a uh, more of a thing. Now it's kind of just included in FIFA, which is cool. Still not really my thing though. Um, career mode lets you play a, create a player. That's all good. Um, and finally, whether you're on PlayStation 4 or PlayStation 5, again, this is from the PlayStation blog, so they're not really going to mention Xbox here. Um, you can compete against friends on the same platform um, generation in 1v1. Uh, modes via crossplay. These different versus styles style span from FIFA Ultimate Team, online sessions, online friendlies, and more. And it says, uh, with so many um, new improvements and reasons to play, FIFA 23 truly feels like the world's game. Whether you're a long-time fan or a series newcomer, you can enjoy FIFA 23 on PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5 later this year. More will be shared on it and its new additions in the near future. Uh, so a lot of stuff there. A lot of stuff that they're doing. Um, it sounds good. Um, this could be a case of great ideas, bad execution. We don't know because FIFA 23 isn't out and we haven't played it yet. Um, I mean, people were going to start getting like preview, like access and, th and things like that soon. I don't know when that will be, but like I've not played the game. Robert's not played the game. We can't tell you how good these things are going to be. But there's some good ideas here. Um, I'm liking obviously the inclusion in the women's stuff. Again, could do a bit better with the commentary side of things, but you know, step by step or whatever. Um but doing good with that. So you got the Qatar World Cup stuff, you got the women's World Cup which is good. Um I've always said or, or been been saying for a while, um 
the two kind of things specifically that I'm looking for games to do now that we're in the sort of like new generation with new powerful consoles is interactivity and an animation are two things I want to see really like pushed forward. Um, of course, interactivity, you know, you're kicking the football around and stuff like that. That's always going to kind of be there. But animations, we'll see how all that kind of works out. There, there is a lot of like wait and see that I'm talking about here. But again, I haven't played the game, so I can't tell you how good it will, it will be. But um, Robert, do you think this could be a case of good ideas, bad execution or good ideas and good execution? Uh, it's hard telling until we get an actual product. Mm. Um, we don't know. I agree with you on the commentary in that it does get really repetitive. Yeah. But that's just the nature of the beast. I mean, you have whoever's doing commentary for whatever sport game it is, and you, they record maybe a thousand, two thousand lines. That'll eventually repeat. I mean, you can yeah. get different people in there to record it, but you're basically talking about the same thing, and you're just trying to come up with new ways of describing the same thing. So eventually it is going to get samey. Um, but that's regardless of what sport it is, who's doing the commentary, it is ultimately the same thing. So there's not really a whole lot they can do about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just just on the commentary thing itself, because um, they are what you listen to, well, unless you mute the game or whatever, they are what you listen to as you're playing the game. They're making their own commentary and all that sort of stuff. Obviously it's different to a live game because... You don't have to have recorded stuff. You, you're live there, but you can't get that in a video game um, because you've got lots and lots of different FIFA games happening. Um, I just think they should do different combinations of people as well. Um, and no offense to like the men that have done it for the last couple of years, but first of all, I think some of them have been there a bit too long. Some of the personalities of some of these men, um, and again, this isn't a knock against them. It's just like their, their commentary style is a bit too sort of like flat and serious at times so i i think that it, i think you just could kind of mix it up put some women in there that that would be a different thing and there's like there's loads and loads of pundits and um different like cuz there's a lot of football coverage in this country you got people at talksport you got people at bt you got people at sky there's there's loads of people you could choose from. Again, contracts, money, all that sort of stuff could be somewhat of a barrier. But I like if you. I'm not saying turn FIFA into a comedy, but if you were to include like I think he's actually retired now, but Chris Kamara and like Laura Woodsy, that would be a fun, funny sort of combination. Um, like because Chris Chris Kamara is quite funny, and he's had like great chemistry with Jeff Stelling for, for years and years and years. They they've been brilliant together. Um, that would be a great. That's like an iconic um, combination of people. But it's just like just get get some people in there with like slightly different personalities. I think, um, and just I don't know, just 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 somebody a bit somebody like a bit more left field as well. Um, Something I would love to see. It would never happen in a billion years, but I would love to see. But get actors playing their characters from tv to do that like could you imagine ted lasso doing the commentary of a fifa game that'd be great how how hilarious would that be that'd be great um yeah that would be amazing never happen will never ever happen <laughs> but i would love to, i would buy the game just for that yeah jason will cost a lot of money but um ed helms yeah. would cost a lot of money yeah yeah um but and that would be if it was jason in like you said in the character of ted he actually i 
ironically he like doesn't understand English football either, so it'd be like added to the comment um the comedy of that because that's the mm-hmm. whole that's the whole comedy of spin of the show Ted Lasso is he's an American um football coach who gets hired to work on a a work for a, a British Premier League football team and like the rules are totally different and and that, that kind of plays into everything um mm-hmm. so so yeah but that would be that would be good like in i think it's in the pilot episode he gets asked about like i think like halftime tactic tactics or something and he's talking about like quarters of games and somebody uh because they have like a main character who's like the journalist i think it's james something or other and he's like no no the game's played in two halves and like it, it sort of plays into that so that would be good it, it just 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 do something a little bit different is is what i'm saying you, you release these games every single year um Again, there's some great ideas here. You could just push it that that just with the commentary stuff, um, just get some different yeah. people. So I mean, it, anybody from that cast. I mean, just look at the chemistry between uh, H- Hannah w- Waddingham and Juno Temple. Just imagine those two doing commentary. Oh, that brilliant. would, I, yeah. I would buy that yeah. in a second. Yeah, I th- I or, think what, uh, I think what we're saying Hannah is Hannah and Brett Goldstein together. Those two yeah. would be awesome. I think what we're saying is EA, you should contact Apple and try to get some of those cast members because the show's yeah. ending. The, the show's got a third and final season coming up, so they won't be busy with filming that. Um, they might be doing other stuff, but still. So, um, yeah, it's a good, it's a good ideas there, definitely. So, uh, let's move on from football, from FIFA, and talk about. Uh, here it is. Um, Last of Us Part One. Um, I'm glad that it's got so it's not like Last of Us One remake. It's called Part One. The, the other one's called Last of Us One, so they have got different names, which is good. Uh, Naughty Dog, who is obviously the developers, um, walks us through the visual and gameplay related improvements in a new features video. Uh, let me just see something. We do have a yes. I thought that we did. We have a um, email question about this, so let me answer this first, and then I'll go through the other information. So Harrison writes in. Says, I saw the controversy about The Last of Us Part 1 looking like it doesn't have Last of Us 2's prone or dodger mechanics thoughts. Um, so a few days before this video got released, there was some leaked... Apparently, Last of Us can't get away from leaks for some reason. Because um, Last of Us 2's like story with missing context got leaked, of course, two years ago. That was a big controversy. Um, lots and lots of different... like. Um, photos and stuff of the cast that are filming the show have been that's more sort of just like hey it's pedro and bella just standing in the street dressed as ellie and joel like there's just nothing like spoilery about that specifically but yeah apparently this franchise can't get away from leaks and whether there's like somebody still there at naughty dog or i, I don't know so, somebody got hold of footage in some way shape or form we don't know who it is of course and there was there was actually two different videos there was one i saw i watched both of them uh, one of them was like a two-minute video, and one was like a shorter video as well. And in the video, um, which was a bit like off focus, it was a bit blurry. I, I don't those videos weren't in like 1080p, so it wasn't the like clearest thing to see either. So you can't really judge it like on a graphics sense because it just it it looked like it was leaked footage. So um, it's not going to look as sharp as what it would have. Um, so the person's obviously you play as Joel in the first game mainly. There is sections where you play as Ellie, and then in the second game you mainly play as, as Ellie. So this play, this person's playing as Joel, um, and it's a section where you're fighting, you're shooting a bunch of people, and Ellie is with you. And the two things that don't happen, 
or the player doesn't do is the dodge mechanic, which is where you press L1 and you can dodge to the side or back or whatever. Um, doesn't do that, and they also didn't go prone. And I then saw there was a screenshot that was leaked of the control scheme because somebody, some people were saying like, oh, maybe the player just didn't do one of those two things, which is possible. You know, doesn't mean you're always going to do those things. And the controls looked like the same as the Last of Us One controls, and it had a picture of the DualSense controller. Um, the with, with the screenshot thing, which is a bit more like evidence in quotes, if you want to put it that way. If I boot up the Last of Us Remastered, so the PS4 version, and I have my DualSense controller on my PS5. I don't know, because I don't really click on like control schemes and stuff. If I were to boot up that specific version, which is where you're playing on the, with a DualSense controller on a PS5, but you're playing the PS4 remastered version of The Last of Us, it might show you the DualSense controller possibly with The Last of Us 1's um, control scheme. I don't know. I don't know if, if you were to click on that version's control scheme, if it shows you a, a DualShock 4 picture. So I'm not sure about that. I haven't tested that myself, but that that's one that's one possibility about that. The other possibility, of course, is that just this person didn't go prone and didn't dodge. Um, I'm not trying to like sit here and say like Naughty Dog didn't lie or whatever. I, I I haven't played this this version of the game, so I couldn't tell you. I couldn't tell you if those mechanics are or are not in the game because I've not played it. Um, all I can tell you is what I've seen and what I'm judging from that. Um, so let's go back to the, uh, notes. Thanks Harrison for writing in about that. Uh, let's go to my actual notes for The Last of Us. Uh, again, this is from the PlayStation blog. Um, uh, so Last of Us Part 1 on PS5 will feature a host of gameplay and, uh, presentation enhance- enhancements that will bring the game closer to its original vision, according to co-president Neil Druckmann, who was at Comic-Con this weekend, by the way. Um, I don't think he's showing off the Last of Us trailer because he also tweeted that he came back home. But anyway, uh, you can learn more in a new video uh, from developer Naughty Dog. It's on PlayStation's YouTube channel uh, that dives into the game's many updates and enhancements with creative director Sean Istagi, um and game director Matthew Gallant. So important thing to note here, Neil Druckmann isn't, di- isn't directing this game. He directed 1 and 2. Um... I don't know about like the development stuff with the with the PS4 remaster version, but he is not directing this version of the game. He's obviously involved because he's the co-president of the company, but because as he mentioned at Summer Games Fest, there's one team working on um, Factions Two. There's one team working on this Part One uh, remake, and then he's working on something new that he can't talk about that. That they can't talk about yet. So there's different directors for different things. So it's not all just Neil Druckmann all the time. Um, then it says, uh, while The Last of Us Part 1 can render native 4K at um, targeted 30 frames per second or dynamic targeted 4K at 60 FPS and features many uh, PS5 mainstays like DualSense wireless controller haptic feedback, trigger effects and 3D audio, it's clear there's a lot more going on here than a simple resolution and frame rate bump. It's a complete overhaul. Um, from the art direction to the character models, the entire game has been rebuilt from the ground up. Um, they didn't need to redo, like, script and performance stuff, because that's the, that's the same from... You, you don't need to bring Ashley and Troy back to redo lines that they did ten years ago. 
Um, so that's that's where they save a bit of time, I suppose. Uh, rebuilt to do all this stuff, um, allowing the game to reach uh, the visual fidelity that the studio studio had aspired for when crafting the experience. The PS5's powerful hardware drives a lot of the visual benefit um, from denser physics with tons of uh, bumpable and chippable. Um, bullets can now rip apart concrete and environmental objects, so there's like some physics sort of stuff going on there. And cinematics that now transition seamlessly to gameplay. I don't remember how the first game transitioned from cutscene to gameplay because it was a long time ago since I played it. So I don't remember how all that transitioned and loading screens. I can't remember. Uh, but it's now a seamless transition which they showed. Uh, motion um, matching technology means that character animations flow more uh, convincingly intuitively and realistically all adding another layer to believably um believably to characters and their interactions with the world further ai um further ai upgrades mean that characters inhabit the world in a more authentic and realistic way such as buddy characters uh, navigating cover to avoid um npc uh, enemy npc sightlines more authentically they showed like this arrow system thing that they've they've got for that uh, the enhancements are all in game of increasing all in the name story of increasing the game's immersion but the improvements don't stop there naughty dog uh, worked with their community to integrate some fan requests including a permadeath mode brilliant uh, a speed mode speed mode speed run focused mode and a host of brand new unlockable costumes for ellie and joel the game hosts um 60 plus accessibility options, so the accessibility options from Last of Us 2, like colorblind mode and things like that. Outpacing uh, what the developer was able to offer with The Last of Us Part 2. Um, and includes a new audio descriptive mode, so you get like a, a voiceover kind of thing describing a scene. Ensuring that, that, that players are rewarding and, and inclusive for all. My biggest takeaway from this, and the thing I was happiest about, you know, Robert, I've spoken before since I've had a PS5 and experienced haptic feedback, is I want as many games as I play. I understand that not every game I'm going to play, but as many games as I play, I want as much haptic feedback as possible. Because it's very, very immersive, it's very unique, and it's something that you can't get on PC, you can't get it on Xbox, you can't get it on Switch, or anything else. You can get, like, controller vibrations, like when I'm playing Trek to Yomi and I'm doing sword fights and stuff. There's, there's some vibration in different scenes, but it's not haptic feedback. Still, it's still good, it's just not haptic feedback. And the, I think the director called Matthew, he was explaining about, like, the, the depth of haptic feedback and stuff. Like, when you get, uh, like, you know the giraffe scene, like, when you're touching the giraffe's neck, you'll get, like, a certain haptic feedback. Um, the specific point that impressed me the most was when he said... Not only do you get haptic feedback from shooting a shotgun, and obviously like, it's a powerful gun, isn't it? So you get like a bit of oomph there. But also when you are reloading your shotgun, you're pumping the shotgun, you'll get like a feedback from that. Of course, I don't know what that feels like yet because I haven't played this version of the game. So that was really cool. And they'd spoken, I remember we spoke on a podcast a few weeks ago about, they said like, you know, with melee combat and that there's going to be different haptic feedback ideas. Again, this is a first party Sony PlayStation game. This is specifically built for PS5, so it won't be on PS4 because you've already got a PS4 version. Um, so that's really, really great that they're taking um, advantages uh, advantages of that technology. Um, the thing that I also like that they keep reiterating is they had like an original vision, like a, a a bigger, grander vision for The Last of Us One, but they kept they've kept mentioning like Neil's mentioned, Matthew's mentioned, and other devs there have mentioned that because obviously you're on 2013 ps3 technology 
the technology at the time, obviously that's 10 years old now, or coming up to 10 years old, held them back from some of their original vision. And I've heard that from devs before, like Lauren Lanning um, over with Oddworld. He said with like Oddworld Soulstorm, that was like closer to their original vision. Obviously, with the Oddworld games, they were back on PS1, so they were even more sort of limited than, than PS3. But it, it's nice It's nice when a dev gets a... Because that's almost like a director's cut type of thing, right? Like where a director says, hey, my original vision was to include this scene, that scene, and everything else. And with game development here, them saying like, hey, this technology allows us to do this and that and these other things to fully... Even if it's like, like little things, it all adds up to like, you know, a, a bigger kind of scale, a bigger kind of deal. And I like that... I like when developers get the chance to to do that, I think. Um, it's... it's uh, really really good um so lots of great stuff here um and of course the internet was at rage this week in terms of like oh this is like a reskin and is this worth 70 dollars and you know um oh you can't go you can't go prone and you can't dodge we don't know if you can or cannot actually do that yet um because like sure there's the videos and stuff and there's a controller scheme but we, we don't know right um the other thing about the leaked video we have no idea what a version of the game that was either because it only recently went gold um obviously this game doesn't ship until i think september so they've still got some time as well um but what what's also funny to me as well this is a point that i found genuinely a little bit funny you know how i've said about like recent games and the the obsession in this industry with graphics not just with games but like films and tv shows and like oh does the cg look good enough does the grass look good enough and this game is clearly making leaps and bounds in terms of its graphics and the this game hasn't oddly received many compliments from that and the thing that has been the sticking point for people that i've seen is like oh you can't go prone you can't dodge the game's not worth 70 dollars and simply put, if if you are or are not a Last of Us fan and you don't want to play, you, if you do not want to pay $70 for this game, then don't do it. If you want to pay, play this game but you don't want to spend $70, wait for it to go on sale or wait for it to go on the PS Plus catalogue. I don't know how long that's going to be, but no one's making you pay $70 for this game or for any game. Nobody's making you watch any film or TV show. Or read any specific book. Nobody's making you do any of those things. So if you don't want to pay $70 for this game. If you if you in your opinion. Are looking at this game. Looking at the footage. And what's available. And you don't want to pay for it. Then don't pay for it. Naughty Dog isn't making you do it. Um, and that, that same logic applies to every single game. If you don't like the look of Hogwarts Legacy. Or you don't like Sea of Thieves. Then don't buy them. Don't don't play it. You know, nobody's making you do any of those things. Uh, anyway, Robert, I've said a lot of stuff here. Uh, what do you make of the, I guess, the controversy and the kind of the situation around this game? Well, when it comes to things like graphics fidelity and re-releases and whatnot, mm-hmm. it's often been said with any any creative project, whether it be art or movies or video games, is that they're never finished. They're just released. Um, and that's true with so many things. <coughs> <clears throat> Sorry. Um, I played the first game. I finished it for the story part. Never really sucked me in as it did you. Um, so honestly, I don't care that much about it. I agree mm-hmm. with you in that nobody's making anybody play this game. And as for the $70 thing, 
it's effort. It worked. They had to pay a lot of people a lot of money to remake this game. And they're not just going to release it for free. So there has to be a recouping of that cost. That's just the reality of the world. Um, when ga- When companies do it and they don't charge a whole lot, that's them because they can, not because they have to. Um, past that, I just I don't get it. That's it might just be me as a human being on that. It's just that's one of those things that I've never understood. Regardless of whatever medium it is, is people getting that obsessed and that upset about things that ultimately are irrelevant. But that that might just be my you know anti-social misanthropic hateful bastard mode that I'm always in. Yeah, yeah. So, and hey, if you're somebody that like this game has brought your attention to The Last of Us, if you've somehow maybe not heard of it before or not not like paid attention to it before, if you've got a PS4 or if you've still got a PS3, you can still experience the same story. And if you've got a PS4 and you go and you play Last of Us 1, which is available on the PS Plus thing, and you think, oh, I really like that, I want to play Last of Us 2. Last of Us 2 is available on the same system. So it's also the case that if you take interest in in this specific game, obviously... Um, Last of Us 2 isn't on PS3 but Last of Us 2 is also on PS5 so whether you've got a 4 or a 5 or even a 3 you can still experience the first game and you can still go and uh, granted you won't get all this like other tech stuff you won't get the better graphics you won't get the haptic feedback stuff but if like maybe um, how Robert sold this game and you just want to like go through the story and experience it if you've still got a PS3 um if you've still got a PS4, you can go and get cheaper versions of those games. Still get the same because the story is still going to be the same. It's just like taking advantage of PS5's tech and adding certain things. But if you're not bothered by that and you just want to see, okay, what's the big deal with Ellie and Joel in the story, you can go and experience that same thing at a cheaper price. And I don't know how well the PS3 version of Last of Us One holds up. Obviously, that's like ten-year-old stuff. When I played, because it wasn't that long ago. That I played the first, the the because how I played the first game was the remaster of the PS4 game because I've got a PS4 and because I'd like kind of skipped the PS3 generation um, and I went and played it on that and it, it held up great. I don't know how well it holds up today, but it's probably still very a very very good game. So yeah, and also if you're like um, maybe you don't want to play the game or something, there's a TV show coming out. Maybe the TV show will have certain changes, but that's also a way you can experience the story. So, you know, it's not some gatekeeping thing where, oh, you it, in order to experience this story, you must pay $70. Like, no, you can experience it in other ways as well. Um, and hey, if you play the first game and you come out in the way that, you know, uh, Robert did, and you think, oh, I kind of enjoyed the story, but you didn't have interest to play the second one, that's also fine as well. Um, so... Anyway, that's all of that. That is all of that. A lot of stuff there. Um, but I'm very much looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to seeing the haptic feedback stuff, the emotional story again. Um, I'm curious about the graphics. You know, I'm not going to suddenly pretend that I'm a visuals person or whatever. Um, it definitely looks better than the PS3 version. I'm, doc- I'm you know, just because I don't always appreciate visuals and stuff, I'm luckily not blind. I, c- I can see the clear. I think anybody could... Uh, you know, because when they do the side by side stuff of the PS3 version and the PS5 version, there's a very clear difference, obviously. So, mm-hmm. and if visuals get... were the ultimate measurement, then retro games and the 8 bit, 16 bit style wouldn't be a thing. And yet, games constantly exactly. come out with that aesthetic. Yeah, yeah. That's what retro games is, is all about. 
going and playing those old those old games. So, but I'm looking forward to it. Haptic feedback, Last of Us Part One, and we'll see how it all goes. Uh, anyway, Robert, um, I've talked for a, a while here actually about all my stuff. What do you have to talk about this week? Oh well, we got some interesting stuff. Um, they had a financial call at Ubisoft a couple of days ago, and they announced the cancellation of Ghost Recon Frontline, Splinter Cell VR, as well as two other unannounced projects. Uh, the C- Chief Financial Officer, Frederick Duguet, announced during the call that they were ending these projects to achieve, quote, sizable cost optimization, end quote, in the upcoming financial year. Um, Ghost Recon Frontline is no real loss if you uh, check online. It was announced in 2021 as a free-to-play battle royale um, with a trailer going on YouTube and it being ratioed into Oblivion with almost five times as many dislikes as likes. Mm. And a planned beta test was halted uh, one day before it was set to begin. And the Frontline Twitter account has been silenced for quite a while. Um, Splitter Cell VR may have just been too niche, um, according to the August 2020 Steam Hardware Survey Sale, indicated that only 1.7% of Steam users owned a VR headset of any sort, regardless if it was Steam or another platform. And that two years later, that number had only increased to 1.87. Um, they were thinking about maybe moving it over to Oculus um, for the MetaQuest store, but Meta is actually being sued by another company named Meta for mm. use of the word Meta, because they changed and made their name Meta before realizing somebody else had it. So that's going to be a whole drama circus for God knows how long. Mm-hmm. Um, they haven't made any formal announcement about the uh, r- full remaster of the original Splinter Cell that they announced last year. Um, so hopefully we will get that at some point, but there's no information on it. Mm. Yeah, Splinter Cell, Splinter Cell VR sounds really cool. That sounds, you know, somebody who's got a somebody who's got a VR unit and enjoys VR games. Um, whether the game would or would not have been good, we don't know. But the idea, you know, if you're pitching to me Splinter Cell, which is a great great game in of itself, and I can do that in VR, um, bit of a bit of a missed opportunity. Um, yeah, I I also saw um, they put out like some sort of update for Sea of Thieves, uh, not Sea of Thieves, uh, Skull and Bones. Um, I'm mixing up my pirate um, ship games here, um, and I sort of like, eh, I just, I, I didn't check that out really. Um, I saw like, I, I was on YouTube and I happened to have the video like highlighted. It started auto playing. It looks, I don't know, fine. Um, apparently that's out in October or something. Like really, really soon. That game sort of come back out of nowhere. But. Um, yeah, Ubisoft's almost in a bit of a similar situation to like Warner Brothers and DC, which is you have access to some pretty good stuff. You're just not really doing. You're not making. You know, the the executives in the suits, so to speak, are not making uh, the good choices. Um, and you know, you kind of ruined Assassin's Creed. Uh, you haven't really done anything with Splinter Cell in ten years. Um, I guess Prince of Persia kind of turned into Assassin's Creed. You're not really doing anything with that. Uh, the last Rainbow Six. Siege was that the infected one? Um, I can't remember what was, that was called. A uh, quarantine or something? Um, mm-hmm. That kind of came. That game is out. That guy. That game kind of came and went. No one was really talking about that. Um, I heard that there was a delay on the new Assassin's Creed game. I have no idea what they're doing with that franchise. Um, 
Because the, the franchises left with Ubisoft that I kind of care about. I mean, Rayman's pretty cool. They haven't done anything with Rayman in, like, a long, long time. Um, I like the Watch Dogs games. I think those are really good. I think Watch Dogs 2 is a really, really good game. I think that's probably the best of the three. Um, Watch Dogs, um, the London one, was it was quite good. But the whole identity thing was a bit of a bit of a useless gimmick. It wasn't really used well. Uh, Watch Dogs 1 is obviously the first one. Um, I'd like to see another Watch Dogs game. Don't know if that will happen. Um, Assassin's Creed, I've, I've lost all sort of care with since they completely changed the direction of that game. Mm-hmm. Um, I've spoken about that obviously at length before, so I won't go over that again. Did a whole podcast on that before, uh, which is essentially like a fantasy game now. Um, Splinter Cell, I would care about if something came out from it. I've played, you know, the two 360 games. I think it was Blacklist and Conviction. Enjoyed both of them. They're both very good games. Um, did did you mention in there? Because I, I you said about Split Cell in VR. Did they mention the re? They're doing a remaster, or remake, or something of Split Cell. The, right? the original Splinter Cell. They're supposed to be doing a full remake on that. They announced it yeah. last year, um, but it's been radio silent ever since. So we don't know anything about that. Yeah. So that's that's an opportunity. Um, again, could be a good idea. Back back bad execution. Um, mm-hmm. Me and Robert don't know how good that game is because it's not out or we haven't seen it. Um, but that, that could be, because I've spoken before a few times about, like, not necessarily 90s games or retro games, but ge- games from franchises that have been dormant for a bit of time, and things like Splinter Cell fall into that category. If you want to, re- and things like Rayman as well, if you want to revisit the well like that, a good thing to do is go back to the ones that people loved, so like the first Rayman, some of the other Rayman games, uh, some of the Splinter Cell games that people loved, remaster them. Put them into a, like a collection, and see how that sits. If that does well, then make a new game. It's the same formula that something like uh, Crash Bandicoot followed, right? You know, like the the games post Crash Bandicoot three, other than Team Racing, uh, weren't good. Fell off. Crash Bandicoot kind of died. Activision decided, okay, we're going to get Vicarious Visions. We're going to remaster the three games that people loved. You can that way invite new people in to say like, hey, these. You know, old games that you might not have played or might have missed or like the new generation you can play remastered better versions or modern versions on the consoles that you got plugged in and for people like me who you know grew up with that stuff was were nostalgic for it loved it went back to that and they went hey that worked really well people also love crash team racing let's do that did that with Beanox. you do that that went really well as well there was some micro microtransaction controversy but it is what it is and then that went really well then they made Crash 4. Of course, the rest of that is history because then Activision decided to move everybody around. But that that's a that's, that's a great way to do that. Um, and they should try to do that with uh, something like Splinter Cell, which hopefully they will do. So we shall see. Um, but yeah, they're, they're in a bit of a sort of like they got a few they got some properties they could do some good things with, but they're just not making those choices right now. Uh, but what do you make of this Ubisoft situation? Um, yeah, it's one of those things that they definitely need to refocus on their IPs and what goes with it. Um, for mm. Watch Dogs, I would love a Watch game that actually focuses on the stealthy hacky bits that they prom- promoted the game as. Yeah, um, yeah. I played the first game and it very quickly devolved into a bullet hell, <laughs> which is completely antithesis of the character itself. Right. Like, if you imagine the style, like the original Splinter Cell but instead of being a spy, you're just a hacker and doing that. That I would love as a game. Mm. Um, yeah. The VR thing, I'm not. I 
for the people that would love the game, I'm sure that that's a bummer. But given, like I said, with the market size mm-hmm. and then limited, just in general as a platform, it's not that big. So financially, I mean, that makes sense. It's a bummer for people that wanted it and not getting it. But, you know, you can't you can't market a game to that small of a market. Um, not unless yeah. you're okay of losing tons of money, mm-hmm. which most companies aren't. Yeah, yeah. So we shall see. We shall see. Uh, what else do you want to talk about today? Uh, well, Rockstar is doing a massive hiring push in the last month. Uh, there's a website called Hitmaker, which focuses on careers in gaming and esports. They have 226 jobs at Rockstar, which was posted in the last month, 75 of which were posted within the last 24 hours of the article that I'm referencing on PC Gamer. Um, Obviously, there's a wide range of jobs. There's associate production coordinator, accessibility in Dundee, senior production manager, uh, social in New York, game tester in Bangalore, animation R&D programmer, computer vision, and ML in Oakville. But basically... It is a massive, massive hiring surge. Uh, the rumor is, and the theory is, is that these are they're staffing up uh, for GTA 6. Obviously, GTA 6 is not going to be released anytime soon. I mean, if we see it before 2025, I would be shocked. It's not that it hasn't been in production. I'm sure that, you know, given that GTA 5 is about 10 years old now, I'm sure yep. a lot of the production or the pre-production has been done. But they're not in any rush to get the game out the door, so... Mm. Yeah. Yeah, GTA 6 is going to be on the same, if you want to use the word hype, uh, level as something like Cyberpunk. You know, Cyberpunk was kind of looked at as like, Mm -hmm. oh, it's a futuristic GTA, kind of. And it's not exactly like GTA, there's different things going on in Cyberpunk, but there's still, you know, crime that you can do and you can get police after you and... All that type of stuff. They're a little bit different, but um, that was how it was kind of looked at, right? You know, big open world, fast cars, cool techie sort of guns and tech and stuff. You know, mm-hmm. it, it had a GTA <clears throat> formula to it. Um, so if you're going back the other side and you're going, hey, grounded, you know, obviously grounded modern world with with GTA, um, and you, because if you have the fundamental title, GTA Six, Xbox Series X, PC, PS Five. And you you know you put that in a trailer or something that's gonna have some big expectations behind it. Um, that that was possibly one of the things that did maybe and I'm not making excuses for CD Projekt Red, but like the whole cross gen kind of, like I think if Cyberpunk had maybe come out a bit later, maybe to the version that we got now, and had only been a next gen game, probably would have worked out a bit better. So hopefully that's what was gonna happen here with GTA Six because I I couldn't imagine like a GTA Six like you said in three four five years time um being on like xbox one and ps4 like you could yeah it's definitely gonna be and i'm not i'm not saying next gen anymore it's that those consoles have been out loud enough yeah yeah. they're they're the current gen and the the (laughs) the xbox one and the ps4 that's that's past gen now yeah yeah i mean and and theoretically these hirings could be for anything i mean technically it could be for manhunt 2 technically it could be for a bully sequel that everybody wants, you know, maybe the next Midnight Club. I mean, hell, theoretically, it could be Rockstar Table Tennis too. But let's be honest, that ain't gonna happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't think they need to go back to that. 
Um, what would you want from uh, Rockstar? Um, honestly, I like with most studios, I would love a new IP, something that mm. just completely came out of nowhere and completely enveloped me. It's like with me with uh, playing a uh, uh, Graveyard Keep. That's not a sequel to anything. That mm-hmm. came out of complete nowhere. Randomly found it as part of a games uh, with a Game Pass, and wound up buying it after it, came, it went off Game Pass because it's it's just an interesting game. It's completely different to anything else I've played, hmm. and we'll just have to go from there. Yeah, yeah. Um, any particular type of genre that you'd want them to do? Uh, well, I'm not a shooter guy. Um, I would understand if they did it um, because that is a very very uh, popular and profitable genre. Wouldn't be one I would play, but I can understand them doing it. But I'm more of a uh, um, RPG guy, so something in the RPG phase would mm. be in my wheelhouse. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Um, I'd like to see. I'd like to see what was reported recently. The, the games that they shelved. So G- I'd like to revisit GT4 Remastered. I have some nostalgia for that game. Uh, that was my first first Xbox 360 game in 2010. 2009, somewhere around that that, that uh, time period. Uh, so it's been like over 10 years since I've seen that game, and I do love GTA 4. Uh, in terms of story, I think it's probably the best GTA game that we've had. Um, so there's that. I, I'd love to revisit um, like Red Dead Redemption 1, like if you did that on Red Dead Redemption 2's, you know, uh, mechanical state, I suppose. Um, and then, of course, yeah, GTA 6. So that that's kind of all I'd want from, from them. Obviously, new IP, I would welcome that. If it was some new ideas and stuff, um, be curious to see what Rockstar could do with like sci-fi. I suppose the problem you could run into there is if you ended up doing like a sci-fi open-world thing in the mold of a Red Dead or a GTA, you're gonna end up being like, oh, it's Rockstar trying to make cyberpunk or something. Um, but I don't know. There's there's opportunities for for things there. And in terms of like budget and time, uh, Rockstar doesn't really have any barriers. I mean, certainly in terms of budget and money, n- nobody could convince me that Rockstar's got, like, budget issues, <laughs> you know. So, um, they could probably make, like, whatever they want and take as long as they want to do it. So, um, we shall see. Uh, anyway, what else do you want to talk about this week? Plus, <clears throat> the last thing I have to talk about is Face uh, Clan went public and immediately fell off a cliff. Um, so, if you're, if you're not familiar, Face Clan is a esports uh, company that was founded in 2010. It now consists of uh, 100 employees, uh, mostly esports pros and content creators. It does have some celebrity clout on the board. Apparently, Little Yachty, who I've never heard of, and Snoop Dogg sit on the board. Um, they went public with a SPAC. A SPAC is a special purpose acquisition company, and it's basically a company that is in created to buy a private company and then sell that company on the public market. Um, This is not uncommon. This happens every now and then. I think the last big one was some news group uh, got bought up by a SPAC and they tried to go um, uh, public and they wanted like $250 million and wound up getting like 12. It was, I I forget, it was some website thing. I forget which one it was, but it was like, epically failed anyway um face can went public and anybody that could immediately sold off their face stock and the value and it dropped 25 percent uh in the first hour on the first day 
Um, so mm. obviously that's not a good look. Yeah, yeah. But as you were mentioning all this, because um, this is like financial stuff. Um, are you aware of Are you aware of what's going on with Barcelona at the moment? I've heard, you know, rumors. Um, nothing definitive. So okay. So ba- basically, um, they owe a lot, a lot of money. Uh, I think it's over like half a billion or something. And so they've been told you need to sell your assets, which obviously for them is their players. Um, we've taken interest in one called Frankie De Jong. He's a midfielder. He would fit our team very well. And we've offered them, I think it's like 60 or 70 million. They said they wanted 80 or whatever, you know, ongoing negotiations. And so you think like, okay, you, you got money struggles. Um, you need to sell some of your players. No, they've gone and bought like five, six players. And they owe Frankie de Jong 17 million in wages. They owe four other players wages. And they just went and spent like 80 million on one player. They went and spent like 50 million on another player. It's... It's it's pretty ridiculous. So you just kind of you just kind of reminded me of that. So uh, in terms of this situation, uh, I'm not really familiar enough to comment on it necessarily, but uh, sounds sort of interesting. So uh, what, what do you what do you make of the situation though? Um, I mean, it's not unheard of. Um, I know you don't follow American football, but there is a uh, NFL player uh, named Deshaun Watson. He just got traded from the Houston Texans to the. Uh, Cleveland Browns on a five-year, $230 million contract. He also had 24 harassment allegations pending at the time of the contract deal. Um, That many, I'm thinking, my theory is honestly that most of them are bogus. Unfortunately, that's been a real thing over here is fake allegations uh, for money and clout against people. Um, It's it's really bad. Like, I've seen... News article going in jail for five years over false allegations. So having twenty four of them at the same time, mm-hmm. that I mean, I, I don't want to automatically disbelieve, but that just that strikes me as that doesn't pass the sniff test. Um, but yeah, I mean, things like that happen. So yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, we'll see how this situation works out. I suppose, yeah, and that's all I got. So. Okay, okay. Uh, Move on to our last email here. We already answered Harrison's question about Last of Us. Um, Jason writes in and says, uh, what is your game of the year goatee so far? Obviously talking about 2022. Um, Mine probably... See, a lot of my game of the year contenders aren't out yet. So things like, well, Forspoken is going to be next year now. Uh, Hogwarts Legacy... Um, I rewatched that Callisto Protocol gameplay. That looks really, really good. Um, I'm looking forward to that since it's in December. Call of Duty Modern Warfare is going to be a contender. Hogwarts Legacy is going to be a contender. I don't think Gotham Knights is going to be a contender. They did put out a Batgirl video, and that looks uh, better uh, than you know the Nightwing and the Red Hood stuff that they they showed. Uh, my actual game of the year so far, just by kind of default. It's probably Star Wars, the the Skywalker Lego Saga collection. Because I, I did enjoy Stray. Stray will be somewhere on the list. But I gave Stray a don't skip. And I gave um, the Star Wars game a must play. So I can't really put... I can't then suddenly switch that around and put Stray above it. But Stray will be in the list. It was still a great game. Um, Trek, Trek to Yomi came out this year, didn't it? 
Mm-hmm. So that that's a contender. Um, Crossfire X, I think the version I've got was released this year, but there's no chance that's making my game of the year list. No chance at all. Um, my likely game of the year is probably going to be between COD Modern Warfare 2. The, the interesting part with that, though, is there's two different elements, right? You've got the campaign, which I'm invested in the story, and you've got the multiplayer, which is going to be a whole, like, different ball game. Uh, so you've got that going on. Obviously, Warzone I don't care about, but you've got two things kind of going for it there. Hogwarts Legacy I'm really looking forward to. I guess The Last of Us Part 1 can be... A game of the year because I gave I think when Crash, um, Insane Trilogy the remaster came out that was 2017 I gave that my game of the year I think um, just because they're older games doesn't mean you can't put them as your game of the year list. Um, I mean, didn't Final Fantasy remake get nominated for some game of the mm-hmm. year stuff? That's a 90s PS1 game that got re remastered remade. So if that stuff is eligible at the game at the Game Awards, then it's eligible here. Because we make our own rules. Because uh, we're not like an organization or whatever. So, um, plus it's just me just picking my game of the year list. Like, you know, it doesn't have to be a board that, you know, votes on stuff. It's just me picking a list of five or whatever. Um, so that will possibly be on there. Uh, I'm trying to think what else I played this year. Because I did, I did play and finish um, Kenya, Bridge of Spirits, but that's a 2020 game. So that's not eligible. Uh, Halo Infinite came out. Not I wouldn't put that on my list anyway. That's not a game for this year. Um, Dying Light Two was a disappointment. Um, that's not going to be on my list. Horizon is it Forbidden West this this year's one? Um, mm-hmm. yeah, that's not going to be my game of the year. Uh, God of War Ragnarok. Almost forgot about that. That's no, that's November, so that could be there. But the the likely three is Hogwarts Legacy, Callisto Protocol. Call of Duty Modern Warfare. The others are a bit more unknown variables. So, um, how about you? I know you've been playing kind of like Graveyard Keeper and stuff, but any anything sticking out uh, that you've either already played or one that's coming up? Uh, well, my my ideas, and these are all games that I've not played, it's either going to be Horizon Forbidden West or it's going to be Elden Ring, one of those two. Yeah. Um, just because Elden Ring sold a gazillion copies and was everywhere for a hot minute and people still play and stream it even though that game came out in march um so if i had to pick between one or two games that would win game of the year uh it would be one of those two mm-hmm. yeah yeah um but uh, those are some of my uh my choices because i didn't play Elden ring it's not really my kind of thing mm-hmm. um, it's not mine either i haven't played it but i it, yeah. it 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 was too popular. It's so too well to not be in that conversation. So mm-hmm. some of the stuff I haven't played as well yet, like the quarry. I don't mm-hmm. know if that might be my game. It could be. I don't know. I've seen it played. It's not a game I would play, but it's definitely a game that I would watch. Yeah. Um. Any of those um kind of games, they're definitely going to be in the conversation. Um. I just don't think it competes with uh, Elden Ring. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You've also got um. Kirby, I've not played that yet. That came out this year. That, I, I watched Alana play, I think, an hour of that on her channel. That looks, that looks very good. Um, who knows? Maybe I, because I got my Switch next. I don't know why my Switch is in this room actually, but uh, it is. Um, Mario Strikers. I, I doubt it will be my game of the year, but it could be. I have no idea. I could pick it up and be like, this is the greatest thing I've ever played. Um, I doubt it, but <laughs> it could be. That's another game for this year. Um, but yeah, those are a, a bunch of contenders there. 
that could be my game of the year. But like I said, COD Modern Warfare 2, Callisto Protocol, Hogwarts Legacy are probably going to be mine. Um, unless, of course, one of those gets delayed. COD probably won't get delayed. Because um, also the beta is supposed to be in September. But Hogwarts Legacy could get delayed. Uh, Callisto Protocol could get delayed. But we have to wait and see. So those are the three that I've got on my mind. Plus the fourth one, which is my current game of the year, the Star Wars game. Mm-hmm. So we shall see. Uh, anyway, there's a lot of games coming out next year as well, isn't there? There's like a, a whole bunch of stuff delayed to next year. So, uh, But anyway, that's what we've got for you for this week's episode of uh, Gaming Talk. Thank you all very much. <coughs> Thank you all very much for joining us. Uh, you can, of course, find our other content on entertainmenttalk.org. That is for TV, video games, films, and Manchester United podcasts. You can find us on your favourite podcast platform by searching for Entertainment Talk. Uh, so check out our other podcasts. You can also support us by telling other people simply just say hey there's this thing entertainment talk they do this you can find it here and there you go uh, you can also use social media share our podcast around on those platforms let other people know about what we're doing uh there is of course patreon five dollar ten dollar levels here for the ad free podcast review options so have a look on our patreon page for those different things as well uh for all of that um, that's how you can support Entertainment Talk. Of course, you can just keep listening to more episodes. That helps us out as well. Uh, David, of course, runs uh, geektown.co.uk, uh, Geek Town Radio. That's for your TV and your film news. I don't know what he's going to post for the Comic-Con stuff, but you can still get uh, information about renewals, cancellations, air dates, you know, trailers, that sort of stuff. So go and have a look over on geektown.co.uk. Uh, speaking of Bex as well, who I think we mentioned earlier, she does some of those uh, retro game streams. She streams uh, Tomb Raider and stuff, retro games, classic games. She does uh, chat, chat streams as well. Uh, I believe she was at a convention this weekend, so she might have some stuff for that. So look for Trista, uh, B-Y-T-E-S, across Twitch, Twitter, and Instagram. So check out what she's up to over there. You can also find me on Twitch as well, at eTalkUK for my different gaming streams. Um, and there's also the FIFA Crimid episodes, the game clips. You can find all those three things archived on our YouTube channel, which is Entertainment Talk Plays. Thanks very much for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Goodbye. Goodbye.